Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 49 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And today we are continuing our month of May, where we are celebrating experiencers all month long. And today we have special guest, Sevtok. She is a MUFON field investigator, a MUFON ERT for the state of North Carolina, and a lifelong experiencer. We have a lot of information to go through, so strap on them seatbelts, we're going for a ride. All right, welcome to episode 49 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And today's episode is sponsored by All Things UFO Facebook Group and Gypsy Days Clothing Line, which now has their new store over on Etsy. Um, please check them out because they make everything we do here possible. And today we are continuing our month of May, which we're celebrating experiencers all month long. And today our special guest is Sev Talk. Sev, how are you doing today? Hi, Jesse. I am good. Thank you for having me as your guest. Hello to all your listeners. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, I've heard your name come up a lot in the experiencer field, and uh, I thought you were a perfect person to have on and and tell us about your experience and some of the work that you've done in the field. Yes, it's one of my very favorite things to talk about <laughs> because I love helping experiencers, and I think the best way to do that is to share my experiences because I've had several, and I've had many, uh, most well, not most, but a lot of my experiences happened in Maryland because I lived in Maryland for about 25 years. So Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, D.C., all that was kind of like my my uh, homeland for many, many years as I was growing up. OK, so, yeah, I'm right here in Pennsylvania, so not too far. Mm -hmm. huh? <laughs> yes. um, so I guess let's dive in and talk about you had your very first experience when you were 10 years old. Is that right? Yes, that's my first conscious experience. Okay, would you like to tell us a little bit about what happened? Mm -hmm. uh, I had uh, regular visits uh, by a, a large uh, spaceship. Well, I was only 10, so for me it looked large. Right. And uh, it was many, many visits, uh, so many that I lost count, and it went on for a couple of years. And what would happen is I would just find myself outside uh, watching this uh, round or oval-shaped uh, spaceship approach me. And each time it came from a different direction and it would come right over my head and hover over me. And it was so large that I couldn't see the sky. And each time I was so happy to see it because I felt like I was seeing a family member. And the spaceship would land uh, and stairs would come down and this being would come down uh, to talk with me. And he was very humanish looking. Uh, he had dark hair. Uh, he looked pretty young, 20s or 30s, and he had dark clothes. Uh, the only really difference I noticed were his ears that were just slightly a little more oval than ours but not like Spock ears or anything like that. And uh, each time he was just uh, making sure I was okay. 
He was checking up on me and I felt like he was my brother. And uh, then, ding, I would find myself in my bedroom, my eyes would pop open and I would be confused. Uh, I didn't understand why all of a sudden I was in my bedroom because the experience I just had with my space brother actually felt more real than the experience I was having in my bedroom. Uh, but I would just try to ignore it uh, and get dressed and go to fifth grade. And I didn't say anything to anybody. I could have told my parents because my parents were very believer, uh, open and they were believers. And we talked about ETs all the time. But for some reason, I never told them, and I don't know why. So this went on for a couple of years until the last visit. I was around 12 years old. But this time, it was different because this time, I was with a group of other kids. And I couldn't see their faces, but we were all about the same size. So I assumed we were all around the same age. And we were watching the ship fly away. And we were all really sad because we knew that we weren't going to see him. And then I knew, or I just heard in my head, okay, it's time to get to work. And I didn't know what that meant in sixth grade, what my work was. It's only now that I'm starting to understand that. And uh, after that experience, um, this happened in Crofton, Maryland, which is a suburb of DC, very close to Annapolis, Maryland. Okay. It's where I did a lot of my growing up. I'm originally from Istanbul, but we came to the United States when I was a little girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so those, yeah, my, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, those are my first conscious memories. And, uh, after that, most of my experiences were more paranormal in nature than ET in nature. At least that was my perception of them. Uh, I didn't pick up the ET stuff again until later when I was living in Baltimore City in the Clipper Mill area. Uh, and I, I had just uh, ended my second marriage. And uh, wow, the ET stuff was coming on strong, but I was in such denial. I didn't come out until about three years ago. So I've been hiding all this for decades and coming out was the best thing I've ever done. I was just so afraid. Yeah, I hear that a lot with experiencers there. You know, once they come out there, they feel so much better and having that on their chest the whole time and not being able to talk to anybody about it. Um, it's, it, it sucks. And uh, so when people finally come out, they I see the joy that comes out in them from doing so. Yes. And even more happens than that. Your life starts to change because you're no longer hiding a very valuable, very important, important part of your reality. Uh, and, you know, what happens when you live in an inauthentic way, which is you are inauthentic when you're lying to yourself about yourself. And uh, that permeates through all areas of your life. It's not like we can just decompartmentalize and just say, okay, my ET stuff is out here. I'm going to ignore it. And it's not going to affect everything else in my life. That's not how it goes. It affects everything because you're lying to yourself. Your perspective changes. You take on a victimization vibe and that uh, affects your reality in a very serious way so the biggest thing that i've seen since coming out is wow i'm really the real me now 
This is the authentic self. And that permeates through all areas of my life, making my life much more exciting and fulfilling and peaceful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an experiencer myself. And since I've been talking about it, I felt the same way. Um, now I can actually talk about it and not feel afraid that I'm going to be, you know, talking about like I'm a crazy person or, and that's the first thing most experiencers say, you're going to think I'm crazy. Um, and they all say, but they don't realize how many people are going through the exact same thing as they are. Yes. And that's why I really encourage experiencers to contact me. I do help experiencers through MUFON. I'm a field investigator for North Carolina. And I'm also on the executive committee of the Experiencer Resource Team, and we deal with people who've made direct contact with ETs. But other than MUFON, I also help experiencers privately, personally. And you can contact, if you're experiencer and you just need some help, I offer this for free. You can contact me at sev at planetsev.com, or you can go to my website, planetsev.com, and you can tell me your ET story, and I will respond to you. Yeah, all that is in the episode description for anybody that wants to go ahead and take advantage of that um, so they can find that real simple and get a hold of you if they need to. Yes, thanks. Um, so part of your experiences, I had read that you have actually wound up having marks on your body, um, these red X's you described. Um, what exactly came along with that? Was that later in your life? Um, because the ones in the beginning sound like they were more peaceful. Um, and then having yeah. marks in your body can be a little different. Yes, uh, the marks happened in uh, September 2017, and I had just moved here. Uh, I lived most my most of my growing up was in Maryland, and then uh, I ended up moving to Capitol Hill, Washington D.C. because I fell in love with someone, and he was there. And then in 2017, we moved here. Uh, and my second night here, I made ET contact. Uh, I, I made contact with a gray and, uh, it was, uh, early in the morning when I was in the kitchen unpacking dishes and I felt something bite my tush and it hurt. So I yelled over to my boyfriend at the time, Patrick. I said, Patrick, will you please look at my butt? Because I think something did it. And so he's like, yeah. I walk over into the living room and I bend over and he's looking and he's not saying anything. He's trying to make me really nervous because at this point I have had contact with the grays a few times. And at this point in my life, I thought the grays were bad. I thought they were evil. And I thought they were victimizing me because at that point in my life, I thought everybody was victimizing me. Right. I assumed the victim role in my relationships and in my, in my romantic relationships and also in my other relationships. And so I figured, well, if my husbands are going to be abusing me, the ETs are going to be abusing right. me too. Right. But now I've completely changed that perspective and I see them as helping me and guiding me. But uh, so he's looking at my tush and he's not saying anything. And then finally he says, uh, there is a bug bite, but there's also a red X. So he takes a picture of it and I knew right away it was the brace. And it, I have a picture of it on my Facebook page and my book. You can, you can find it pretty easily. I'm also on Instagram 
and YouTube, Alien Spirit TV with Seb. And I just joined TikTok the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I look at this X and it's one and a half to two inches uh, wide and it's made up of nine red small circles. Um, they are equidistant. I've had people measure them and uh, they were flush to my skin. So when I ran my finger over it, I couldn't feel it. And it looked like there were burn marks, like laser marks. So I was stunned and I was angry and I was afraid. I knew it was the grays. And I just said to him, we're going to ignore this. We're going to pretend like this never happened because that's what I've been doing my whole life. I've had so many marks on my body's um, lights in my room, beings touching me, all of it. I just ignored all of it. Uh, but then nine days later, I come to in my bedroom and I come to with a memory where I was lying on this bed. It was like a hospital bed. And I was in this room. It was dimly lit. And I was on my side. And I couldn't move. I felt paralyzed. I, I could not move my arms and my legs. And I sensed that there was something behind me and I could move my neck and my head. So I turned around and standing, I don't know, two, three inches from me was a gray uh, doing something to my back. And we locked eyes. And in my book, I describe it as looking into two pools of black oil. And there was no telepathic communication. In the past, they always telepathically communicated with me, but this time there was nothing. And I think that's what made it even more scary for me. Right. Uh, just the neutral, the neutrality of it is kind of scary. We're not used to neutral. And uh, so I turned my head back around. I was scared to death. And then ding, I'm back in my bedroom. And uh, there was something else I knew, which I had never known in any of my other contacts. And when I was on that bed in that room, I knew I was on the moon. So I get out of bed, I go downstairs, I wait for Patrick to wake up, who always wakes up before I do, but this time he did not. And while I'm waiting for him, I'm very, very nervous because I'm thinking if there's another red X on me, I'm not gonna be able to handle it. This will tip me over the edge. I don't think I can deal with this. So he comes downstairs. I tell him my memory. I ask him to look at my tush again. And uh, this time on the right cheek, because the first X was on the left cheek, on the right cheek is another X, just like the first one, directly across from it. Wow. And uh, I was just stunned. And it's really hard to explain that feeling when uh, it just feels like everything you've known is just wiped away. Uh, I was so confused and scared. Uh, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know why I was out talking with aliens or communicating with uh, greys. I didn't understand what they wanted to do with me. I, I was like, well, what's going on? Who were they? Who are we? I mean, what's the truth? And it was an existential crisis. And uh, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just cried a little bit. And then I pulled myself together. 
And for the first time in my life, I declared that I needed help. I had never asked for help with the ET stuff before. And, uh, but I didn't know who was going to give me that help. And I just figured I'll just let that organically happen. And uh, a few months later, it did. Uh, I came in touch with Kathleen Martin, okay. who uh, helped me tremendously. Yeah, she's absolutely amazing. She was just on the show recently as well. So that, that's, that's amazing. Yes, yeah, she's become my mentor. We're friends. Uh, we're actually going on a little vacation together right before the MUFON Symposium in Denver this summer. Yep. Uh, I'm very honored to be the Master of Ceremonies uh, for the symposium. And she also, uh, a few months after talking with her, I wrote my book and she was kind enough to endorse my book too. Uh, talking with her was just so validating. I still didn't know what I was gonna do with all the information the Grace had given me. They gave me information about the hybridization program and about the future of earth. And I asked Kathy, what am I supposed to do with all this information? She said, I can't tell you that, Seb. That's something you have to figure out. And then just a few months later, I woke up one morning and I was, like I'm writing a book, I'm coming out. And I just put everything out in that book. Uh, it was a little scary, but I was just driven to do, do it. You know, sometimes you're driven to do things that the, it doesn't feel logical, but you gotta do it. And that's what happened. And then all kinds of doors open. I was invited to speak at AlienCon in Baltimore in 2018. And I was approached by so many people who said, I've never told anyone this before, but, and then they would tell me about their experience. And that's when I realized, ah, this is what I want to do. This is the real me. I want to help experiencers. I don't want them to go through what I went through. I don't want them to hide. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the most honorable things to, to use your experience and then learn to how to get through that experience and then start helping other people. Um, there's no other more rewarding thing in the world than to help another individual through their experience. Um, and being a part of the ERT, I, I know that just as well. Um, and I think it's amazing that you're going to be um, so the ceremony at the, uh, the Denver Symposium. I think it's great to have an ERT person finally there um, talking about this phenomenon. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Are you going to be there? No, I'm actually going to the Philadelphia MUFON conference this weekend. Um, yes, that's <laughs> exciting. Yeah, and I'll be giving a lecture there tomorrow night. Um, so I'm very happy about that. <laughs> Congratulations on that. I'd like to attend that next year, actually. It's a very, very good conference. It's probably mm -hmm. one of my favorite ones. Um, the place where they have it's really nice. It's really open, comfortable. Um, and then the, they do the training for the field investigators and the, the free planetarium is pretty cool, too. So, um, yeah, it's just it's a really nice, comfortable atmosphere and it's a nice weekend to go out and spend, you know. So, yeah. man, that'd be nice to see you there next year. You know, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I would love it. Absolutely. Um, so. You said that you you learned some things from the ETs. Um, like I know that there's been many accounts where people have uh, come back, like uh, with with maps, star maps, and and different things as such as like that. Have you had any experiences like that during yours? Uh, not a star map, but I was given uh, direct information about the gray human hybridization program. 
when I was living in Baltimore in the Clipper Mill area in 2012, I was shown a baby in a tube. Uh, it was this tube, and I have a drawing of it too. Uh, it was a tube a little taller than I am and about as wide as I am, and floating in it was a baby. And its eyes were open. And it was the bluest eyes I have ever seen. And even though its legs were hiding its uh, genital area, I knew it was a boy. And I was, didn't understand why I'm looking at a baby in a tube. Uh, this was really perplexing to me. And it was just the tube in the room. Uh, everything beyond, I was just in this dark room with this glowing tube. And then I felt something behind me, felt a presence behind me. So I turned around and there were three grays, tall, medium, and short. And this is before I knew that grays even came in different sizes. And they telepathically said to me, oh, we're just gonna stand back here. Uh, take your time. Uh, we're not gonna bother you. Just take all the time you need. And I turned back around and I looked at this baby and I was just, just so confused, like, why do I have to look at this baby? And I felt nothing for it. It's not like, uh, oh, this is my baby. Oh, I love this baby. Nothing, absolutely neutral. And then I popped out of it and found myself in my bedroom again. So it wasn't, it, that was 2012. And then I went to Roswell, uh, New Mexico in 2016. That was a spur of the moment surprise trip. I wasn't expecting it at all. And uh, before we went to Roswell, we went to the White Sands Missile Range, which I can talk about later if you want, but that gave me the worst feeling in the world. Like it just felt dark and horrible. And wow. uh, yeah, and uh, it's at the base of this dark black mountain. And I just wanted to get the heck out of there. And in my mind's eye, I could see, uh, I could see hallways and offices and things under the ground. But my ex at the time uh, would often visit the White Sands uh, Missile Range for his work, so he wanted to show it to me. So after we finally got out of there, and it wasn't fast enough, uh, then we went up to Roswell. And uh, we had a really nice day, went to the museum, it was fun. And I was so excited because I've known about Roswell since I was a little girl. Right, right. And then we get into the hotel room and uh, he goes to the bathroom and I'm sitting on the bed and I'm just flicking through the TV channels. And I think to myself, oh, I wish the show People of Earth was on. Did you ever see that? No, no, I haven't. Oh my gosh, I think it was only on for two seasons. It was a very, very funny show produced by Conan O'Brien. Okay. Uh, yeah, who looks like an alien himself. <laughs> and it's uh, about an uh, experiencer abduction support group. And it was very funny, and I really liked it. And I wish it was on because Patrick had never seen it. So Patrick comes out of the bathroom, and I stop the TV on a commercial. And he says something to me. And then I turn the TV back on, and without even changing the channel, poof, People of Earth is on. And I'm like, whoa. So we watched it, and then we fell asleep. And then the next thing I know, my eyes pop open, and the room is pitch black. I can't see anything, but I can hear footsteps on the carpet. And I feel Patrick getting into the bed. And I think to myself, oh, why was Patrick sitting on the couch? 
Was it because of the aliens? And then I fell asleep. I wake up, he's in the shower, and I get this download, visual, visual download, and also uh, information download, where I, that night, I came in contact with several grades. It felt like a conference. And they give me information about the hybridization program and about a, a book that I was writing at the time. And they said, do you remember when we showed you that baby in the tube? And I said, yes. And they said, okay, well, we do have a hybridization program with human beings. And uh, we're doing this because we have uh, wiped out our ability to be empathetic, sympathetic. And when you wipe that out of a race, it's very hard to continue and they were dying out. So uh, they uh, are, are picking people for the most part, not everyone, but for the most part, they're, uh, and they're doing this with millions of people. Most people don't even know it because there's billions of embryos. They're picking people who uh, tend to have uh, more than average psi abilities or paranormal abilities. Also people who are uh, very loving and caring and tend to wear their heart on their sleeve. Okay. And uh, they said that these billions of embryos uh, are being kept in case just in case, this isn't definitely gonna happen, but in case we wipe ourselves out. And they said, we are on the path, but it's not too late. Wow, that's extremely interesting information there. And I think this will be perfect to take our break and then we can get more into it when we come back after the break. Um, so uh, take that in guys, listen to some commercials and we'll continue right after the commercial break. <laughs> The official sponsor of UFO Encounters Worldwide is Gypsy Days Clothing Line. They have officially released their new store on Etsy where you can check out tons of clothing made here right in the USA. Help support a small business today by going over to Etsy and searching Gypsy Days Originals. They are the official sponsors of UFO Encounters Worldwide and they make everything we do possible. Again, that's Gypsy Days Clothing Line today. Did you know UFO Encounters Worldwide has an official website for the podcast? That's right. You can go to ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com today and check out all of the cool content we have on the UFO phenomenon. You can get all of the content and information for each episode on the website. Plus, you can follow my travels and see some of my work. There's even new weekly updates on the UFO phenomenon with megalithic structures and different places from around the world with UFO sightings. That's ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Check it out today. UFO Encounters Worldwide wants to hear from you. Have an experience or a sighting you want to share? Contact your host, Jesse Peak at UFO Encounters Worldwide at gmail.com today. Look. 
looking to have some fun this year and go to a UFO conference? Well, first up, May 13th and 14th will be the 14th annual Philadelphia MUFON Conference, where I'll be giving my lecture on Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, the next event coming up is the Pine Bush UFO Fair, which is on June 4th, where you'll be able to experience the entire museum and tons of different tables set up with UFO content. Later in the year, in September, you'll also get to go to the Tacony Geek Fest, where I'll be there opening up the speech talking about MUFON and giving out some of our details of how to get involved with the UFO field. Join us for these three events. You won't want to miss it. All Things UFO Facebook group is now the official sponsor of UFO Encounters Worldwide. It's the place where I go to get my information. They have the latest UFO news with the best topics and ran by amazing people. You go there and it's a group environment where you can share your stories with other people and get answers to the questions you need. Check them out today. That's All Things UFO Facebook group. I go there and you should too. Are you looking for some new swag? Well, UFO Encounters Worldwide now has an official clothing line and store where you can get your official merchandise. It's storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide. You can select from a large variety of all kinds of gear, t-shirts, hoodies, sweatpants, masks, can cozies, and more. We'll be adding more designs as time moves on, but there are two amazing ones on there now. And if you're looking to also support the show, you can sponsor to our PayPal and donate if you like. If not, that's okay too. Check out our swag store. Again, that's storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide today. All right, welcome back to the second half of episode 49 with our special guest, Sev Tak. We were talking about, as we ended this first half, about the hybridization program, and I thought we would continue off with that. Um, you, were, you said that you were sent some information um, about the hybridization program and what's going on, um, and we would really enjoy to hear about some of that. Well, besides the information that the Grays gave me about our future fate and why they're involved in the hybridization program, I, and I'm just newly coming out with this, about my MILAB or my lab experiences because I came in contact with these hybrid babies in my MILAB experiences. Now, I have several, maybe five or six or seven conscious memories of my lab or MILAB. Grant Cameron says it should be MILAB. I know some people say my lab because it stands for military abductions uh, because I'm a complete believer that the government knows who's making contact and the government debriefs us because there's certain information that they want. And uh, during this one uh, incident, I was uh, in this uh, like a mm, doctor's office kind of place. And there was a nurse that looked like a human, she, but she had her back to me the whole time. And then there was a doctor standing next to me, a male human looking doctor. And I was handed this baby uh, that I was supposed to heal. 
And it felt like I was taking the final test or something like the doctor was just looking at me like, okay, if you pass this, like you're in, you're going to be the healer of these babies. And so a baby was put on the table in front of me and it was heavily, heavily swaddled in a lot of fabric. So I just saw its head and the first baby had dark hair and I put my hands on it and it was spitting up blood. It was very sick. Then I put my hands on it. Then they brought me this other baby that looked a little different. It didn't have dark hair, but it started to roll off the table. So when I grabbed the cloth, the cloth came off. And even though its head looked like a normal human baby's head, its body did not. Its body was like skinny, skinny neck, skinny, skinny arms. And when I saw that, I went, <gasps> and then that's all I remember. So I wonder how many hybridization programs are there? A graze with humans we know about, but is our government or some other government or some other uh, group also involved in their own hybridization programs where these babies are coming out sickly? Because in my experience, my personal experience with the gray human hybridization babies and also talking to experiencers around the world who also have hybridization uh, events. Uh, these babies tend to be very healthy. So I'm wondering, oh, once the humans get involved, you know, the humans just don't know, um, they're not as technologically or scientifically advanced as these ETs are when it comes to DNA. Uh, when, is there another secret hybridization program that the human beings are involved in and they're kind of screwing it up? And so they're relying on some of us who can heal to help them out with that. These are just questions in my mind. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I have a really close friend that um, that is in the hybridization program. Um, and, and she has stated that she has seen um, some of the hybrids that were hers particularly. Um, so I do think that there are different races of ETs doing the hybridization program because we hear different stories about the ETs and the, the Nordics. And but then sometimes you hear stories that the, the, the Greys are working for the Nordics. So um, the possibilities are really endless when it comes to this. Um, but I would think that if one one ET race is doing it, then the others are most likely doing it as well. Um, so it's definitely happening, in my opinion. I've met way too many people to say that it's not. Um, mm -hmm. And the research is there. So I, I agree with everything you said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just wouldn't be put it past human beings to try and want to get involved, um, but just don't have as good results well, just yeah. due to the lack of knowledge. Right. Uh, I did have another Milab experience, which was neutral. It wasn't upsetting because I've had a couple that were very upsetting. Uh, and I, I, I've been in this room two or three times. I'm sitting at a table <clears throat> and I'm looking into another room and there's a glass partition or a glass wall so I can see into the other room. And uh, these Milab experiences are always filled with these young men. Uh, that uh, look military type short hair and just like blah colored shirts and, and pants. And uh, he was standing next to me and a tall gray was brought into the room across from me. And he said, this is the original gray. And they took that one out and they brought in one that was a little shorter than that one. He said, this is a hybrid of the original. And they took that one out and then they brought in the small one. And he said, this is a hybrid of the hybrid of the original. And with each one, I 
I knew the sentience was decreased. So the tallest one was the most self-aware and the smallest one was pretty much just a robot. Wow. Wow. I see, I've never heard it be described like this before. This is the first time. And the same thing with the sickness, um, certain ones being sick because they're going too far down the line. So this is really interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I really can't make logical sense out of my Milab experiences, uh, but I know they're happening. I know lots of people are having them. And it was the last thing that I came out with. I'm just coming out with it. I mean, I, because it was really a couple of the experiences I had were just really horrible, uh, threatening my life and other things. Uh, and uh, oh, there was one that I wanted to tell you about, uh, which just now escapes me. I can't. Isn't that strange? I can't remember it. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what is the one I wanted to tell you about? Uh, oh, I'm sure it'll come to me. So are you saying that that they are continuing to make the hybrids more hybrid than what they already are? They're trying to go to the fullest extent or are they just going so far? You mean the human beings? Yeah, I mean, uh, we have the, you know, he, the gray came in the first time and then the hybrid of that gray and then another hybrid of that one. Um, are they continuing to do that or just going so far, like you said, with the, th- the three? Oh, because um, that's interesting. I never heard that there was a hybrid of a hybrid, you know? Yes. And it, I, I was not told if human beings were creating these hybrids. I don't know who's creating the hybrids. Maybe the greys were creating the hybrids. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Because often uh, a lot of experiences come in contact with these small greys that are robotic. People say that they get sense no feeling from them at all. Right. And they're really here to do scientific research to, you know, pick your skin or to pick a plant or do whatever uh, investigation that is necessary that is more scientific where sentience isn't really needed for that. Right. Right. And that's what I was saying earlier when I said, you know, the, the there's been times where the Nordic uh, will be the, the, you know, the main guy and then we'll have the small grays that work as if they are by a lot, not biological, they're, you're, they're working mechanically. So I've heard that plenty of times. Um, yes. So you also, um, I also wanted to get into this too. Um, you also do sole purpose sessions for people. Could you explain what that is? Yes. Thank you for asking. I have been a spiritual counselor for 12 years, way before I came out with my ET stuff. And I conduct soul purpose sessions and soul support sessions, and also experience to reveal sessions. Uh, and uh, these sessions are uh, multi-dimensional information that comes through about my client. And I have clients around the world. And what comes through is your purpose, why you're here, and how you can manifest it and why you want to manifest it. And also what comes through is a past life that explains something that's going on now and your best career paths and how you can manifest them. And also uh, a mindset or a mental block that we all have that maybe you know about or you don't know about that just prevents you from progress or success. 
And so I write down all of this information. I don't know anything about my client. I don't want to know anything about my client when they show up. I do via Zoom around the world. I just start writing. It's six to eight pages worth of information. And it's basically like a blueprint to help you manifest your purpose uh, so you can uh, lead a fulfilled and exciting and dynamic and creative life. And that's the first session. And if you ever want support sessions after that, because then I offer these uh, soul support sessions, you can have as many of those as you want. Because often after a soul purpose session, my, uh, people feel really uh, excited. They're like, oh my God, I get it. I know why I'm here. I know that I'm empowered because these are very empowering sessions. I'm gonna do it, I got this. And they're like hyped up. And then a few days goes by and you know the bills are coming and the kids and the husband and the this and that, and they feel like they're falling off track. So I offer support sessions to get you back on track and get you fueled and, and, and get you headed in the right direction. So I help experiencers for free, uh, but just as an added something, I do offer an experiencer reveal session, which is a combination of the sole purpose session with your cosmic galactic reality. Not everyone who wants a sole purpose session uh, is interested in ETs, but if you are an experiencer, having a sole purpose session uh, actually helps you see why you're having this ET contact. It kind of fills in uh, the blanks or helps answer some questions as to why this is happening to you. And what are you supposed to do with this? Because when you make ET contact, it is not by accident, it's not a fluke. You're supposed to be having this experience. Why? It's, it is supposed to help you. Uh, so that's why I want to help people remove the fear and let's focus on how is this gonna help you? How is this gonna be a benefit for you, for your family, uh, for earth? Because really the most important thing is to manifest our purpose. We have a collective purpose, which is to love as much as possible. Then we have an individual purpose, which is the same, but how do you show that love? What is it that you love to do that radiates your heart? That's your purpose. And for everyone, it's a little different. For some people, it's being a therapist, for some people being an artist, for some people being an innovator or a scientist or a teacher or whatever it is. What is it that makes your heart glow? That's your purpose, because that's what we're supposed to do, glow and radiate love. So what would you say to somebody that is in a really negative place or thinks that, that this is a negative thing, the ET contact? Mm -hmm. Well, I talk to them to establish their perspective because I used to have the perspective of victimization, thinking that everything was happening to me because I didn't realize that I was in, in control. I, I just did not see how self-empowered I was. So often when someone has a negative reaction, it's because of their perspective. How do you view yourself? How do you view the world? Is it through a victim lens? Is it through a negative perspective? Because that's going to color uh, every experience you have, whether it's on earth or off earth. So that's really interesting. So anybody that needs help can come to you and, and actually have this done? Yes, I will talk with them. 
so what I offer is I offer free help where I will communicate with you. We can email as many times as you want. Um, sometimes I even Zoom with people, depending on the situation. I do all that for free. But if you want to take it one step further and have a sole purpose uh, reading uh, designed to answer the questions as to what your ET connection is, that is a session that is paid for. But if you don't want that, I will help you for free. So you're doing good work all the way around, which I think is amazing. You're, you're, you're working through MUFON as a field investigator. You're working in the ERT and you're doing this as well. Um, so I, you're, 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 you're the golden purpose of doing positivity in this world. And I think you should be commended for that. And I thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. I can't tell you how good that makes me feel to hear that. Good. I'm grateful. It's much deserved. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, you said earlier, you're the executive, uh, you're on the executive committee for MUFON's ERT. Um, yes. So, and, and for anyone that doesn't know, the ERT stands for Experiencer Resource Team. Um, and what, what, all, what all does that in, entangle being on the executive committee? Uh, well, for instance, yesterday I interviewed someone uh, who was interested in being in the ERT. Okay. Uh, uh, you, it is, uh, it is necessary that you're a, a field investigator, uh, and so I do encourage people who are interested to become field investigators for MUFON. Uh, it, it is work, and you have to study, uh, and you have to pass a test. Uh, but if you're serious about it, and if you, and if you're really interested, you'll pass that test, and you'll become a field investigator, and then you can help uh, people who contact MUFON with cases. Uh, in your state. And then the ERT is specifically for people who literally make ET contact. Uh, and so, uh, for instance, with the field, of, and you know this, Jesse, with the field investigators, a lot of times we just get a lot of lights in the sky or we get pictures and that kind of stuff. But if it goes further than that, and actually making ET contact, and I do not like to use the word abduction, then often that comes to the ERT and we help them. Yeah, I think it's a great program that not a lot of people know about it part at, at MUFON. Uh, most of most people just think MUFON takes uh, regular sighting reports, and I try to always educate the people to let them know that there's there's many different parts of MUFON. ERT is is just another one of them, and I think it's one of the most important parts of it as well. Um, but there's yes. a lot of different stuff MUFON has. Uh, we have our dive team, um, our star team, our CAG team, international team. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff that goes on in MUFON, and I really do think MUFON is trying to do this to benefit hum humanity overall. Um, yes. I think it's an all-out good thing. Um, so has there been any major cases that you've worked on in the ERT or in the field investigator realm that has really stuck out to you in North Carolina? Yes, there is one that stuck out to me, and this actually came through as a field investigator. Uh, it happened in Farmville, North Carolina. Uh, just a, a couple of years ago, this young man was driving to work early in the morning. It was around five o'clock in the morning, and there isn't uh, much traffic on the roads at all. And he had seen uh, UFOs before. So this time he looks off to the left, and there is a triangular, very large craft in the sky. And uh, he doesn't freak out or get scared because he's seen this before. But he calls his girlfriend immediately, and he's talking to her on the phone the whole time he's seeing this craft cross over the highway, cross over him, and continue off to his right. And there's no cars in front of him. And he, 
it, there was a car behind him. It was way off. And uh, then a couple days later, he has a new baby. And he's sleeping on the couch. And uh, he wakes up. And he sees this star being, this being of light that looks like it, it's see-through and it looks like it's just made up of like lots of tiny little stars. And it's slightly hovering off the ground. And as he wakes up on the couch, it's coming towards him closer and closer and closer. And it's carrying a, a star baby. It has a little baby in its arms. And as it gets closer, and closer, he just forgets everything. That's all he remembers. So it's very interesting that this being, just a couple days after he saw this uh, triangular craft, is holding a baby when he just had a baby. So there's so many questions. Uh, and I asked him, well, do you think you're part of the hybridization program? Do you know about the hybridization program? He said, yes, I do. He said, I've often wondered if I do. Uh, I said, why do you think this being came to you with a baby in its arms? He said, I don't know, but I do think it's tied to my own baby that I just had. So was this being saying you have a human slash star baby? Uh, was this being showing him that he's part of the hybridization program? It was a very positive, loving experience. Now, one thing uh, many of us know are that these new kids that are coming to Earth are different. They're really plugged in and they really have really uh, uh, advanced uh, psi abilities and they're very intelligent beyond their years. And uh, when I connected with him later, he said that his little baby is uh, way ahead of its age in many of the things that it can do and understand. So it could very well be that that baby he had could be part of ET. I do believe we all have ET DNA. We're, we're, we all come from stardust, from the stars. Uh, some of us have more than others. And some of us have activated our ET DNA where others have not. That's extremely interesting um, to actually have an experience after a sighting like that. So they obviously had something to do with each other. And, and yes. from what he believes. Yes. Okay. Now, yeah, yeah, that's 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 a really good case to have there um, and have that mm -hmm. experience like that. And to, to actually see that he wasn't that scared, you know, because most people are. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you have a. I guess we can talk about this to end it. Um, you have uh, your first book that was out and it was called, You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, thank you. It's on Amazon. And this is the book uh, that I wrote just a couple months after talking to Kathleen Martin. And it's my coming out. And I, I describe uh, some of my uh, ET contact. And I also describe how unhappy I was uh, but once I came to terms and decided to delve into and accept my ET contact, how my life changed for the better. Uh, and so it's just a book for anyone who has ET contact, just to know that there's many of us out here. Uh, and I might have some of the same experiences you've had. And also just to uh, let you know that you can move through it in a positive direction. You don't have to stay victimized by it. Please don't stay victimized by anything. Don't be a victim. <laughs> but our society, 
uh, likes to keep us as victims. So it's kind of a little, it could be hard work to bounce out of that vibe, but you can do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it is, it's very important for experiencers to reach out and read these other books so they can compare their sightings and experiences to other people to know they're not alone. And you touched on that. And I think that's a really important aspect of all of this. Yeah. Um, and then you also are working on a second book or did the other book already come out? Alien Wisdom. No, I'm working on it right now, Alien Wisdom, and it has to do with the wisdom that the ETs are imparting on the people that they're coming in contact with. And this goes back to Milab and why the government wants to debrief us, because we're getting information about the hybridization program, about technology, about uh, spirituality, and uh, you know this and the hybridization program. And, but the information about spirituality really is the most potent because these ETs are telling us that we are in charge of our own lives and that we have power and not to let our governments put their big fat thumb on top of our heads and control us. This information can change a person's life uh, not to mention change the world. And I think that information is the scariest for people who want to, for governments or other agencies that want to keep us small. Right. And do you think that's why they're slowly coming out with this, these declassifications of documents to kind of prepare us for this? Or do, what, what is your belief behind all this? About why there's, uh, why they're hiding it, why our government is hiding it? Well, why now that they're coming out, like with the June 25th UAP report, why are they now releasing documents all of a sudden uh, within yes. the past year? Yeah, and then I think it's next Tuesday morning. There's a, a live yes. hearing. Yes. Yes. Which I'll be watching. I don't know what's going to be divulged, but at least that's happening. Uh, it's gotten to the point where, because of social media, we just can't deny it anymore. Just can't deny it. And the government knows that. So they have to give in a little bit. How much are they going to give in, though? Because the, the ETs have so much information to give us about free energy. What does free energy mean? It means a lot of businesses will go out of business. Right. It means a lot of really super rich people will not be super rich. So there's information to benefit us as a, a society that our governments don't want us to know. Uh, but eventually it's all gonna come out. Absolutely, I agree. And I couldn't have said that any better. Um, so before we go ahead and end this, do you wanna tell everybody where they can follow you, your YouTube and everything else? Thank you. My website is planetsev.com. And I call it that because I actually have a planet and star system named after me in the Star Wars galactic system. And my uh, email is sev at planetsev.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. My YouTube channel where I have videos about uh, ET contact, about activating your DNA. I also uh, offer uh, guided uh, meditations that I created with music to help you connect to ETs and to otherworldly beings. And I have a lot more on there. And it's called uh, Alien Spirit uh, on YouTube, Alien Spirit TV. And uh, uh, I think I was just telling you over the break that I just joined TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with a name like Seth Paul, I think I should. Yeah, join. right. Wow, I didn't yeah. even think about that. That's pretty cool. So uh, I want to thank you for coming on today and, and sharing your experiences, and uh, they surely will probably they will help other people. Um, and I love what you're doing, and I just want to say I, I highly commend you on all of that, and uh, thank you for sharing with us today. 
Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for everything you do. And I appreciate everyone who's listened. All right. Well, we're going to call on an episode for today. So I want to thank everybody for coming out for another episode of our celebration of experiencers in the month of May with our special guest, Sev. And uh, this episode is sponsored by Gypsy Days Clothing Line. Go ahead and check their new store out over on Etsy. Everything is handmade here in America. Um, and they make uh, everything we do here possible. And also all things UFO Facebook group. Send us a DM and we'll invite you to the group. It's a really good community to be a part of. And uh, tune in next week for another great episode. And remember to keep your eyes in the sky. Well, that was another great, amazing episode to celebrate experiencers all month long with our special guest, Sev Talk. That was some great experiences that she's had throughout her life and her lifelong journey of helping others in the field. Next week, we have Jessica Jones, Oracle of the South, to talk about her experiences with Bigfoot and the paranormal. That should be a very good, interesting episode. And remember, all of our episodes are sponsored by All Things UFO Facebook Group and Gypsy Days Clothing Line. You can go check out their brand new store over on Etsy. And they are the reason we are continuing to do what we do every week. So go check them out and we will see you guys all next week. And remember to keep your eyes in the sky.